Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. All right, final hour of the show here from Media Row. Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. Wolf, can you believe we're into the final hour out here of Super Bowl week and Kevin Durant week and trade deadline week and Matt Ishbia week? It's been a momentous week, has it not? I'm glad, man. This has been so cool coming out here Monday and Tuesday. Of course, Wednesday we were not because of the Matt Ishbia press conference, of course, and now Thursday and today. It's a great way to finish the week. It's been a great week overall yeah it has and look we got to, we got to bring you the the press conference live during our show on wednesday we got to talk to matt ishbia right after it i want to go back and play that interview backwards wolf and see if if you play it backwards if he says i'm about to trade for kevin Durant because <laughs> in the moment it, it certainly didn't sound like that now um Jerry Colangelo was on with us earlier, and he really is like the perfect guy to talk to in this situation because think of what Jerry Colangelo has been a part of in the past. The Charles Barkley trade, bringing Randy Johnson to the Diamondbacks, right? I mean, and, and those are the two things we really have as a reference point. The only trade that is up there in Suns history that's this big is the Charles Barkley trade. Yeah, 1992. Yeah. So you have that. That's, I mean, and I'm sure maybe it's generational or we have to wait and see what happens with this Kevin Durant trade, but those are the two trades. They're going to be measured up against each other. The Barkley trade, you got to the finals. You didn't really give up anything, as history showed. Um, the Suns obviously gave up a lot to get Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant, as great as Charles Barkley is, Kevin Durant's a top 10, 12 player of all time. So you have that, but then also the other element here is, as you asked him about the uh, the Diamondbacks, I mean, yeah. that was a time where a team went for it. A couple years later, they paid for going for it, but they have the World Series to show for it, so it was worth it. You can you Look, Suns, Cardinals, D-backs, Coyotes. I know there's other teams in this town, but those four, the four major sports, we have one title between the four teams, and Jerry Colangelo was a, a part of signing off on going for it there. Just talking to Jerry Colangelo, there were two big takeaways that I had. Number one, just the fact that Matt Ish actually picked up the phone and called Jerry. Yeah, here's uh, here's Colangelo on with us earlier today. Before the actual announcement, Matt Ishbia reached out to me. He wanted to make contact. We had a great meeting. I got to know him somewhat. He wanted to engage me as a mentor, quite honestly. And, uh, and then his brother, uh, Justin, who will be part of that front office team in ownership. Um, I'm very impressed with these two young guys. I really am. I think it's a breath of fresh air. I think the fans in in Phoenix are are going to be well served under this new leadership. So, I mean, that was that was one of those moments where we looked at each other, Wolf, and and you hear that clip. It, it's not. Yeah. We don't know exactly what happened. It's not like Matt Ishbia is like, okay, well, I got to talk to Jerry before I make this trade for Kevin Durant. <laughs> Jerry, will you sign off on this? I, maybe it was that. I don't think it was. But that is before this big trade gets announced. That's going to change everything. Yeah. I want to talk to Jerry Colangelo, and remember, this is like the same day he's taken over the team. I want to make contact with the Godfather of Valley Sports. 
It's not like Matt Ishbia grew up in Phoenix. You know what I mean? Right. So if, you never know with a new owner, does, does this guy get it? Or does he want to distance himself instantly from the past as we have seen other owners do? No, he's like, he does get it. He gets how important Jerry Colangelo is to the Valley and specifically the sports scene in the Valley. I thought that was really cool that he made that contact and that Jerry told us that. Okay, two thoughts on this. First of all, both of them dealing with Matt Ishbia. What a smart thing to do. <laughs> what a wise thing to do to pick it up and call 83-year-old Jerry Colangelo, the godfather of Phoenix, and say basically, hey, listen, you know what? I'd love for you to mentor me in this situation, right? Becoming the the new owner of the Phoenix Suns. I, I think that is really, really smart by Matt Ishbia, number one. And number two, just the fact that Matt Ishbia once again took over on the eighth in front of the world. Now, I know that he was, he was actually making some decisions for the Phoenix Suns before the press conference on the 8th. But the fact that he met the world as the owner, he and his brother, on the 8th, and then on the ninth, went ahead and actually made the deal for Kevin Durant. Really? Made it on the 8th? <laughs> well, on the 8th, yeah. I thought it was actually after... Um, at least on East Coast no, I guess time. East Coast it was, time. Yeah, it was the ninth. But technically, Phoenix time. It was still in the 11 Phoenix time. Okay, yeah. you want to go Phoenix time? Let's go That's Phoenix great, time, right yeah. there. Okay, but for Kevin Durant, it was it was the ninth. But actually, to make that move. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? We all speculated, too. Just let that sink in for a minute once again. You want to make a first impression? We all know how important first impressions are, right? So we all understand that. No matter if you're you're a salesperson out in the field and you're trying to make a sale or, oh, I don't know, you're an owner taking over a franchise, you want to make a great first impression. Can you imagine? That was Matt Ishbia and the Phoenix Suns, their first move was Kevin Durant going out and getting Kevin Durant, man. That's quite the impression. How's that? Okay, how was your first day of work? Well, let's see. I uh, <laughs> I bought a, uh, an NBA franchise valued over $4 billion. I called Jerry Colangelo, <laughs> kind of touch base there, and then we went ahead and traded for Kevin Durant. Whoa. All right, how was I your just, second day of work? Yeah, right, exactly. It's just traded blowing for Darius me. Beasley. <laughs> it's blowing me away right now, like the Beasley fact too. we're even having this conversation. Uh, no, it, look, it is it is craziness what has happened this week. Uh, one more real quick from Jerry Colangelo. On, he obviously has a connection to Kevin Durant from his time with, uh, with Team USA. Uh, I'm close to him because of my time with USA Basketball and he, he participating in one world championship and three Olympics for me. Um, I have great respect for him. He's, he just loves the game and he comes to play every single night. No distractions. Um, he's just, uh, as some people like to say, he's a real baller if you will. To make you feel better about Kevin Durant? Not you, but just in general. If people are like, yeah, this guy's already hurt. I want Mikel and, and Cam back. And it's Jerry Colangelo, who knows him, signing off. Yeah, no, it, it makes me feel better. There, There's no doubt. Um, maybe a lot of the drama, maybe this is what I'm saying. You know the drama issue has been a problem for me with Kevin Durant. He's played with Draymond Green and Kyrie, too, so that might, yeah. that might cloud it a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. The, those two guys, uh, Draymond, of course, things didn't go well there. Didn't end well, I should say, for the Warriors and Kevin Durant because of Draymond. And he, maybe you could say the same thing about his time in Brooklyn with Kyrie. I I don't know. I, 
I just know that I love the culture of the Phoenix Suns so much. I was very leery of bringing KD in, as you know. But now it just became clear after watching the first 50-so games of the season for the Phoenix Suns that they were missing something. They were missing something, and they needed to do something to change. And they did. They got Kevin Durant. You, you you couldn't change much more than what they have changed in the last 48 hours. Suns, of course, acquired superstar Kevin Durant from the Nets. We are giving you the chance to be the first to get his Suns jersey. Just go ahead and text KD to 62620. Register to win a Phoenix Suns Kevin Durant jersey. That's even better than buying one, Wolf. That's KD to 62620. That's a pretty easy way, right? Okay, pick up your phone. Text KD to 62620. Coming up next, we're going to talk Super Bowl 57 and football. Ball with former NFL player turned host of American Ninja Warrior and the talk Akbar Gabajabiamila joins us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. Welcome back. Wolf and Luke, final hour of the show out here on Media Row. Coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. Let's see here, Wolf. Let's recap. We... um We've already qualified somebody for uh, for tickets to the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. Uh, we did our predictions for the actual Super Bowl. We did the prop bets. We did fulcrum football. But uh, the prediction you had the Eagles twenty eight twenty seven. Yes. I have the Eagles twenty seven twenty three. So go ahead and pencil in the Chiefs for a thirty eight thirteen. Think about that right now. Do you know how hard that is to say that betting against Pat Mahomes? That is. Very unusual. I want to be clear. My reasoning there was not betting against Patrick Mahomes. That is more respect for the Eagles roster top to bottom compared to the Chiefs roster. Sure, but ultimately you're you're saying that somehow, some way, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to beat Pat Mahomes. When you put it that way, I don't feel nearly as good about it. So we uh, we were able to do that. Obviously, talked to Jerry Colangelo earlier in the show. We've uh, we've hit a few different Suns angles. Certainly, Um, there is the Jake Crowder stuff. I don't want to jump into it right here. Because so we may not be able to get into that until Monday because of uh, because we're going to be joined here shortly by Akbar Gabajabiamila, whose name I can now say very easily. So I just keep saying it. And you know what? Honestly, I'm going to let you just. I keep think saying you should that. intro. Okay, I'm going to say Akbar. Okay, okay. I'm going to call him <laughs> Akbar, Akbar G. Yeah, no. He, yeah, what's your nickname? <laughs> that's oh, a good that's one a good right move. there. Yeah. Then how about this, Akbar? What is your nickname? What do they call you? Before I have to say your last name, um, how about you just give us your nickname? So he's going to join us shortly here. Any final thoughts, though, on the Super Bowl? Because AQ Shipley is going to join us for the final half hour of the show. And we're obviously going to talk Super Bowl and Cardinals with him. But uh, any final thoughts? This is our last chance, just you and I, to talk, Wolf. Yeah, you know, once again, it's so cool to actually have the Super Bowl here in the Basin. I think we'd all agree on that one. Uh, There have been legendary Super Bowls that have been held here. Hopefully, we're going to get that kind of game. That's what I want to see more than anything else. It's the reason why I I gave a prediction when anybody that has listened to me, you know how much disdain I have for predictions, of course. But if you're going to hold a metaphorical gun to my head and say you've got to make a prediction well 28-27 that's how close I think it's going to be I hope 
in reality, that's how close the game is. The last two Super Bowls here were the David Tyree helmet catch to, to, to defeat an undefeated Patriots team with Randy Moss. And then, of course, the uh, the, the Patriots over the Seahawks when the Seahawks uh, did not run the ball at the goal line. So if that's any sort of indicator what we're going to get, yeah, you're going to be right. It's going to be a good one. All right, uh, we are joined right now, pleased to be joined by Akbar Gabaja Biamila joining us uh, right here. Akbar, you've got your resume is so long that if I read all of it, we're going to have to go to break. Let's see. Host, okay. host of the talk on CBS, American Ninja Warrior. I know everybody uh, knows that on NBC, uh, of course, too. Fight to Survive on Roku and uh, played in the NFL, too, for a little bit. So yes. uh, you're the, you're a good guy to talk to right now, just a few days before the Super Bowl. How you doing? I'm doing good. This is so good to be back here. Um, this is the first time I've been, well, no, actually, I lied. Uh, L.A., but L.A. was home. But I hadn't been on the road, obviously, because pandemic and all that stuff. So stuff just seems to be good, getting back to normal. But I tell you what's special is like this feels like a reunion every time. I'm just running into different guys and seeing people. I met Jim Everett for the first time. I grew up watching Jim Everett, and (laughs) he sits down late on an interview. I was like, oh, I mean, it just it just startled me. I was like, oh shoot, that's Jim Everett. (laughs) Like, like, yo, where'd you come from? So Super Bowl Fifty Seven, Akbar. Who do you think's gonna win that thing? Oh, that's easy. I think everyone knows this. Uh, It's a no brainer. Everybody's saying it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I, I don't think anyone people are saying the Eagles because they just want to be different and hope it to go viral <laughs> and that maybe gets picked up on TikTok or something. I, look, I mean, look, I like the storyline. There's a bunch of great storylines. You know, I like Jalen Hurts and his story and all this <laughs> other kind of stuff. Come on. I mean, what are we doing? Like, okay, I mean, come on. Are, are we joking here? Is that even a question? That's not even a question. The Kansas City Chiefs oh, are Chiefs, that, that definitively. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, there's no, I mean, it's going to be a great game. Okay. If that's what you're okay, asking. It's going to be close. It's not think, like the honestly? Kansas City Chiefs is just going to come out there and knock them out. I, and just see, be, I, I have the Eagles 28-7. Uh, no, no, 28-27. No, it's going to actually, you have to understand, I, I, I actually know I came from the well, future. We should have <laughs> had 27-21. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure people in Vegas are going, oh my goodness, i got to listen to Akbar. But it's, yes, 27-21. That's the score. You realize yeah. if it really is 27-21, we're going to think you are from the future. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, yeah, you can write it down. Right, yeah. Akbar said 27-21, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and I Pacheco will be the Pacheco will be the MVP. I do like that. Boy, that is good right yeah. there. I like that as well, going into detail. Why do you think that's going to be the case, though? What What are some of the elements? I know you know the game yep. intricately. What are some of the elements that you think will allow the Chiefs to well, win? Well, when you get that defensive front that's coming at you like that, I mean, these guys sack quarterbacks like it's nothing, right? We haven't seen that since the likes of the, the, the 84-85 Bears, but what happens is when you get that extreme type of pressure, even if it's the one-on-one or just you know, by design, you're going to have Patrick Mahomes under the rest, and I feel like Pacheco is going to be a very nice, easy little dump off to be able to get it because it's going to have to be some of the quick game, quick passing game. Um, but also, too, we know that. You know, nobody extends plays better than Patrick Mahomes and the way he does it, whether it's stepping in the pocket. People are concerned about his health. Like, come on, guys, we're in modern medicine. We have modern medicine. <laughs> like, uh, He's going to be okay. Back when I played, back in my day, we had Toradol, and I think that thing is still around. You know what I mean? But, you know, they've got all these new cool things with the Normatec and the icing and, you know, getting all of the different, you know, swelling out, put you on some, you know, some anti-inflammatory. He's going to be good. But I, I really do believe that, you know, 
nobody's done more with less. And when I say less, I'm I'm saying losing Tyreek Hill was a yeah. big deal. Huge. And a lot of people thought that it was Tyreek Hill that made the difference. I think we're all seeing that this dude adjusted with his. It's not like he has. I mean, I mean, gangbusting receivers. You know what I mean? Like, and then we saw in the last game, right? I mean, guys were going down like that. He was limping around. It was his Willis Reed game. Call it his Michael Jordan flu game. Whatever you want to call it, it was an outstanding performance. I saw enough. I don't need to see any more. I don't care what Jalen and the and the uh, the defense is doing. I know. I, I love defensive plays. I'm not going to hate on that D-line. That D-line, dope. <laughs> that D-line is dope. But uh, they don't have a chance. Uh, all right. Akbar Kabajabia-Mila joining us right here. It's, it's not just the talk. It's not just American Ninja Warrior. Uh, what can you tell us about Experian? Yeah, you know, I, I've had this long partnership with Experian, and I'm super excited just to be here to kind of talk about that but you know we're we're living in some crazy times now and i'm talking from a financial standpoint where we know inflation is at a 40-year high i mean i've never seen anything like this my father had never even experienced anything so crazy like this um coming to this country but um what i'm what i'm recognizing is that we all need to figure out how to save more money in a time when we're costing it's costing us a lot of money and experian is wants to and is committed to being able to get people financially financially fit by saving more money. And how is that possible? By doing, taking things that we do on a normal day basis. All of us have got some sort of streaming platform that we're paying for. Well, imagine this. You can take the money that you're using to spend um, for your Netflix, your Hulu, your Disney Plus. You can self-report that to Experian, and Experian will boost your credit score. It's called Experian Boost. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Like, just to be able to self-report that and then boost your credit score, if you have a higher credit score, That means you're getting lower interest rates when you're borrowing money. The other side to that is, and I'm guilty of this. I'm raising my hand first. I don't check to see how much money I'm paying in my auto insurance, right? I just put it on autopilot. It's kind of like our streaming service. We put it on autopilot or like some of these apps, right? We never check and we look back and like, yo, I'm paying $10 a month for this, right? It's the same thing with car insurance. Well, now there's a feature on the Experian app that allows you to be able to compare to see how much money you're spending. Uh, oh, excuse me. How, look at how much money you're spending and compare it to what the, the industry is doing. Mm. So, uh, it's an amazing tool. A lot of people think saving money means don't spend and stuff the money underneath your mattress. No, no, no. This is a different way to save money. Uh, and I'm, I'm absolutely loving Experian Boost and what it's done for me, what it's done for so many others as well. Great stuff. Uh, also, I should point out Lorenzo Alexander, who's on our show frequently, just texted and wanted to say what's up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lorenzo. I love Lorenzo, man. Tell him I said what's up, man. Well, he probably can hear me. So hey, what's up? Yeah, what's up, up Zo? <laughs> uh, Akbar, thanks a lot, man. 27-21 Chiefs. I'm yeah, right. 27, I 21 okay. Chiefs. And don't forget, Pacheco will be the MVP. <laughs> and then you guys can call me, come up with some cute name, Nakadamas, whatever. I don't know. Put Akbar Nostradamus in there and make something up. Well, we appreciate Dude. you coming back right, in the right, future to join us. Thanks Thank a lot, you guys. Man. All right. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. What does AQ Shipley think the Cardinals should hire as their next head coach? We're going to ask the former NFL center next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. Media Row coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7%. 
on your retirement savings. Thanks to Akbar Gabaja Biamila for joining us. Last segment, 2721. I'm, I'm serious. Like, he was so confident, and he said he's from the future, that if it is 2721 Chiefs, we're going to have to get him back on. Next yeah, week. I know. Maybe he's already been on next yeah. week because he's from the future. Yeah. It just seems so weird right there. Akbar talking about the Kansas City Chiefs actually winning this. The certitude in which he said it, though. I know. That blew my mind. He was like, there's no way they're losing this game. That's why I think this is, I mean, A lot of people everybody... think this is going to be a very contested Super Bowl. That's why. This is going to be, for exactly. so many people are like, oh, the Chiefs, obviously. And then you've got us. We're like, I think the Eagles are going to win. I know. That it's... guy over there in the Eagles jersey probably thinks the Eagles are going to win, too. It's, you know, I, I think one of the reasons being, of course, is because I really don't see a, a huge weakness with the Philadelphia Eagles. When you watch them play, um, I, I dare you to find the weakness with this team. You, you know where we may have both messed up in our predictions, though, is we... You and I are, are oddly in agreement on this. Of like the Eagles, just top to bottom, are probably the better team. Like I was saying earlier in the show, this is what it looks like. Like the Eagles might just potentially be great for a couple of years, and this is the start of it. And we don't fully appreciate it because they don't have a Super Bowl, but they might have that in two days. But we both picked close games with yep. the Eagles winning, and that's Very where close. if it's close late and Mahomes has a chance in the moment, <laughs> I guarantee you I'm going to be like, "Oh, Mahomes, come back!" It's Patrick Mahomes. You could take all his receivers away. He'll throw it to. He'll just keep throwing it to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I just I cannot wait to see it right now. It is honestly the passing offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. Number one, I keep talking about it. I've been talking about it all week, but it's the truth. The very best passing offense in the football universe is the Kansas City Chiefs. And the very best pass defense in the football universe is the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm talking number one in yards per game and number one in yards per play. You put those two together, you are what you are. The very best is the Kansas City Chiefs, number one and number one, respectively, in passing yards per game and passing yards per play. And the exact same thing applies to the Philadelphia Eagles, their pass defense. Number one in passing yards per game allowed and passing yards per play allowed. Something's got to give. This is going to be awesome to watch that. I, I'm at the point now where I just want the game to be played. You know what I mean? Like, we've yeah. been talking about and, and honestly, I can only imagine what it's like in different markets that haven't had what we've had with the Phoenix Suns to distract us here for the last week or so. And it feels like a year's worth of stuff happened in the span of about 36 hours with the Suns. But two weeks of build-up to this game and... So many different storylines with Andy Reid coaching against his former team. The Kelsey brother thing, obviously, is, has been run into the ground at this point. I'll come back to, to what I said at the very beginning when this matchup was set. I don't typically get into the overhyped, oh, it's quarterback matchup. Oh, it's Brady versus Manning. Oh, it's this and that all these years. But I'm really intrigued by Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts because it's not like it's something we've seen before. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Uh, this is going to be the third Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes. He's 1-1 one one in Super Bowls right now. Third Super Bowl for him, and this is going to be first. Number one for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> and I keep coming back to this once again. At, at some point, is it going to be too big? Is it going to be a situation where Jalen Hurts starts looking around and saying, oh my goodness, this is a Super Bowl? I, I, I don't think so, but... Thinking it's not going to be the case and knowing it's not going to be the case, two different things. Yeah, and I'm I'm not worried about that, but I, I 
We're this not this deep into Patrick Mahomes' career. It's not really that deep in, but it, I mean, he's been the best player in the NFL, or at least the best quarterback since like the year he first started. You know, not his first year when he was behind Alex Smith, but since he started starting games, he's been the very best. So. It is weird that he only has, quote, only has one Super Bowl so far. And it does feel like if this game is close in the second half, he's just going to be like, forget it. I get two. Because if we come back here on Monday and Mahomes has one and Jalen Hurts has one. Yeah. And you know how Philadelphia fans are. They're going to be like, hey, look, Hurts is undefeated in the Super Bowl. Mahomes has a losing record in the Super Bowl if it comes out like that. So you know where this is going. And that's how much one game can swing it. Uh, you know who just sat down. I do know where right. it's going. AQ, AQ Shipley joining us uh, right out here at Media Row. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, man. How you What's doing? up, guys? How we doing? Just talking a little football. You know, yeah, that seems to be the trend this week, right? <laughs> how are you doing, big guy? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. This has been a fun week. Um, I want to ask you about the Cardinals here before we hit the break. Yeah, fans have been burying me this week. Really? I think so. Why? Made a comment about the facilities. Oh. <laughs> that comments. Well, you can either expand on that. Let's expand. I got a platform, right? All right. Yeah, go ahead and say what you got to say. I-, I want people to know that I think whenever Sean Payton said it, right, like he made a comment about, hey, listen, one of the big things is facilities, right? I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to be in six different buildings, basically. And I'm not saying they're the worst facilities. I just yeah. I'm, all I'm strictly saying is that in order to attract the best, you should have the best. And you know, I think some of that was brought to light this year when you watch Hard Knocks and you see media rooms, also the team meeting room. I think you see the weight room floor hasn't been replaced in years, right? And everybody wants to say, "Oh yeah, the state, the stadium's fantastic." He invested in a plane for the team. Fantastic. That has nothing to do with the inside of the facility. And I think whenever you can attract a guy like Sean Payton or players, for instance, coming from the Baltimore Ravens or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers where I was at where they have phenomenal facilities and they put a ton of money back into those facilities, mm. I think that cl- I think that plays into it. And that, that is strictly all I'm saying. I had loved my time with the Arizona Cardinals. They paid me to play this game for a very long time. I love everything about them. I want them to succeed. I want to see them succeed. I want to see them attract, and that's kind of all I was saying. I was going to say, it's interesting, because I was going to say, you strike me as a player that um, wasn't really about all the facilities. You strike me as a guy that was about playing the game of football, period, and I, loving I the game of football. I am, Wolf. You yeah, know I, exactly. I do not care about that. Right. But there are a lot of people that do. Right. I think there's a lot of people, especially in this. And you know what I would world. argue on that one, too? This is just because I know you. Yeah. Um, I'd like to find a lot more guys like you <laughs> who aren't looking at the facility, so to speak, because it's not like they're archaic, right? No. You would agree with that. 100%. They're not archaic facilities. I think there are a lot of guys out there that look for excuses. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know these guys. You've played with these guys I do, guys but I also well. know this new generation. I know this new generation that is playing at Alabama. They're playing at, I mean, Penn State, Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan. They're upgrading their facilities every six years because of who? Yeah. Because of the kids. Right. Yeah. That's the yeah, only way you get them. And who are the new people? By the way, the can NFL? I just the can kids. I jump can I jump off on this and sure. ask you right now? What do you think of the NIL? Oh boy, here we go. What do What do you think of college football? Today? I don't have an issue with the NIL. I don't. I I think if you want to make some money 
and you're bringing a lot of money to these people? I have no issue with that. What I have an issue with is the transfer portal. I have the biggest issue with that. I have the biggest issue with the fact that, listen, everybody's whether a coach leaves or there's a hardship, be able to transfer. All for that. I think what it's teaching kids now is one of the best things for me was red shirt. One of the best things for me was facing a little adversity, starting on the defensive line, getting moved over to the offensive line. One of the best things was that, right? But every kid now is you go to wherever and, oh, I don't win the starting job, boom. Go wherever I want. Like as soon as I face a little adversity, go somewhere else, right? Like and I ship that. I know. I hate yeah. it. Stunning to me hate that it. that actually free agency has come to college football, and to me, it will be the destruction of college football. That's just my take. Couldn't agree more. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. AQ is going to stick around. We'll get into the Cardinals stuff next. Today's the last day for your chance to win Super Bowl tickets. So text Super to six twenty six twenty to register and listen for your name all day today. That's Super to six twenty six twenty for your chance to win Super Bowl tickets. When we come back, more with AQ Shipley. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. All right, final segment of the show. It's been a fun week out here on Media Row. Coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. We are joined still by AQ Shipley to wrap up the week here, Wolf. So... Which direction do you want to go with this? You want to start Super Bowl? Let's go Super Bowl, right. man. So, AQ, we just had uh, Akbar Gabajabiamila in here, and he sat down, and Wolf and I have both been saying, okay, we kind of think Philadelphia wins a close Super Bowl. And Akbar sat down and said, actually, he said he's from the future, and he said, that's ridiculous. The Chiefs are going to win. So where do you come out on this? I'm, I'm Philadelphia Eagles all the way. I think, um, again, I think it comes down to offensive line play. We talked about that a little bit. But I do think this. I think the narrative going into this has to be, you have the best team in Philadelphia. You have the best player in Mahomes. And what do we play? We play a team sport. I'm just riding with that narrative right there. Boy, that is breaking it down. That is so simplistic, and I love it, yeah. yet so powerful. I look at this offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think you have to have the best offensive line. You certainly don't want the worst offensive line, but you don't have to have the best offensive line to be a good offense. You you need an offensive line that is good enough to allow your talent to do what it does. But when you've got great talent and then you do have the best offensive line in the National Football League, you get the kind of results the Philadelphia Eagles have had this year. I mean, they've been Lights out. They've been unbelievable. And listen, I'll say this, too. I've watched very good offensive lines over the years look bad because of the scheme. You know what I mean? Like, there's very, you know, if you're sitting there and you got five really good guys and you're sitting there trying to run the old school motion, 22-22 duo, you motion in a receiver and you do this. Like, listen, like, I love that play, but there's a time and a place for that play, right? And there's a time and a place because every time you motion this guy and now safety comes. Now you got nine in the box. I don't care how good you are. You got nine in the box. It's tough. You're running your head into a brick wall. But what Philly does is they're able to spread you out, plus the element of the running quarterback. So now what do you get? You get six box every time. You got four D linemen. You got two linebackers. They got a nickel. Perfect. We're running all day long. And I love Jason Kelsey on a nickel. Yes. I love it. So regardless of how good they actually are, which I do think they are, 
they can look better because of that scheme as well. I feel better about the Philadelphia pick now. Do you feel better about yours? Oh, I always felt good. No, you Sorry. didn't. You said you... flat out you were going to be wrong <laughs> picking against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, AQ Shipley's here with us. AQ, um, the Cardinals coaching search, what are we, day 31, 32? I've lost count at this point, but they're probably going to announce early next week. It sounds like it's down to Mike Kafka and Lou Anarumo. What do you think they need to be looking for, just in terms of characteristics for the, the next coach of this team? Listen, I mean, there's so much talent. They're obviously it's going to be a completely different team next yeah. year. I think we all are aware of that. You get a new GM, and who knows when Kyler's going to come back, right? And so you got a ton of older guys. You've had some injuries. You're probably going to have some retirement somewhere along the line. Who knows? I mean, definitely probably in the center position, right? Yes. Um, I think. The league is an offensive league now. I think it's pretty simple. So, like, if you're down to those two, Kafka, in my opinion, is the guy. I'm a big Mike Kafka fan. Actually, was teammates with him in Philadelphia uh, when he was young in his career. But here's what I love about him. The league is going creative, right? We're going to a creative league, and typically you want to – most of your most creative guys have come from that Shanahan-McVay world. Well, here's here's where you got it, right? You got Kafka, who not only has Andy, who is probably leading a lot of that charge as well with – heck, you saw the ring around the Rosie play this year, right? But then he goes with Dayball and gets some of that – Buffalo mm-hmm. world, plus you also get a Belichick world out of that, a Nick Saban world out of that. So you're kind of getting the best of all worlds if you're looking at it. Plus, he's young, he's innovative. I think you have to go that route. I, th- I just do. I mean, you look at the top eight this year, they were all offensive guys for the most part. Yeah. You know what's amazing? I, I think like four years ago, I think the National Football League, everyone thought the college offense was going to take over the National Football League. Just flat out take over with the spread. And we see a lot of that mm-hmm. with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Chip, I, I think the pendulum has swung back a little bit more towards the middle, the way that it typically does. And there is a blending of the old with the new. Your thoughts on that? I, I agree. You have to be able to run the ball, and here that's what that's where the anomaly is with Andy Reid in Kansas City because they don't they don't run it. No. But I also played for Andy, and I know the way he operates. He's he looks at those quick things as an extension of the run game. So he swings it out to Valdez Scantling, and he gets seven. It's like we just got a seven yard. He's run. got the best quarterback in the league. Exactly, and you can do that all day long. And that's kind of the way he operates. So he's the one anomaly. But you're right. I mean, it has gotten back. The running game rush yards per average was the highest it's been in a long time this year. Why is that? You may attribute that to the defense. Now they're starting to play a little bit more bend but don't break. Play shell. Keep everything in front. Yep. Perfect. Now we get the light boxes. Let's run it. Let's run it. Let's run it. Now we get in the red zone. We tighten up. Right? And that's, I think, part of it. So I think there is a little bit of that. And then I think a lot of teams are also starting to try and copy Shanahan. What they do in the run game is unbelievable. Now, granted, they also have Kyle Juszczyk, which there isn't very many Kyle Juszczyk. And George Kittle. And Kittle. Right? Best blocking tight end in the league. Yes. So they're able to do some things because of personnel, and I think that was starting to try and be copied. You started to see a lot of the teams run a lot of the schemes that they do. So, yes, there has to be that marry of the run game plus a lot of the spread stuff. How um, – I know we don't have a ton of time, but, you know, you mentioned it before. Kyler Murray is – you don't know when he's coming back. So as you're trying to rebuild this team or set up for next year with a new coach and new GM, how do you even attack that not knowing when your quarterback's going to be back? I think you still have to attack it with the mindset of, Kyler's the guy from day one. Whether or not he is, we still have to build the offense around him. Like, he's the guy. You just signed him to a billion dollars, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like, we just, boom, we gave him the truck. So that's where we have to start. 
I think what they have to figure out is now the guy running that show until he comes back. Like, he has to be able to do those same things. Like, you can't sit there and have Justin Fields as your starter in Chicago and then have Tom Brady style as your backup, right? Like, you just, you can't, you're running two different offenses, right? So, I think they have to have that in mind. We're up against it right now, Ship. I mean, our heart out for the most part, but I have to ask you this. Mm -hmm. Does a head coach in the National Football League still have to be an alpha? Does he have to be that guy? Yeah, it's funny. We I, we talked to Sean Payton earlier, and he's the Parcells world, right? Like, he still believes, yes, you have to have that heart. I, we talked to Deion Sanders earlier this year, and I think one of the things that I took away from both of those guys was the fact that, listen, you the kids still want to be coached. Yes. I don't think you have to stop doing that. Now, you have to gain their respect. You have to do that. But they still want to be coached in a certain way. I think our biggest issue has been the way that we've brought these kids up now and said that maybe, oh, like, we don't want them to be coached. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, they're moldable. They want to be coached. And so, you know, I think we've always blamed it on the person, the player, the kid. I don't think that's the issue. I think we've gotten away from coaching in a certain way. But I think at the end of the day, that's still very doable. AQ, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks for stopping by. Awesome, guys. All right, that's AQ Shipley. Thanks to everybody involved with the show today and this week. We're up against it. So for Wolf, I'm Luke. we got uh, Burns and Gamble up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.